Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, December 22nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Jason Rosenbaum in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, families are preparing to gather for the Christmas holiday as COVID cases surge. But doctors say simple precautions can reduce the risk. If somebody's having symptoms, don't get together. Most of the transmission of COVID and other respiratory viruses occurs when people are symptomatic. Coming up later in the show, St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan talks with a Washington University doctor about tips for holiday gatherings. First, the news. Scientists and health officials in Missouri are closely monitoring the spread of the Omicron variant. On Friday, the state health department announced the variant was present in wastewater samples from two western Missouri counties. Mutations consistent with the Omicron variant showed up in 2% of samples from sewer districts in Buchanan and Jackson counties. The scientists who run the coronavirus sewer shed surveillance project can't extrapolate how many cases that might represent, but they can monitor how quickly Omicron spreads in their samples. Mark Johnson is one of the project's directors. He says the ongoing spike in Delta cases may delay how quickly Omicron becomes dominant in wastewater. It's less likely that it's going to completely take over as quickly as Delta did, just because, you know, there's so many infections already happening. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports Omicron already accounts for a majority of new COVID cases nationwide. A state agency that regulates accountants is taking aim at Missouri Auditor Nicole Galloway. The Midwest Newsroom's Steve Vockrot reports that Galloway is accused of disclosing confidential information when she published an audit of former Attorney General Josh Hawley. The Missouri Board of Accountancy says that Galloway shouldn't have published the transcripts of testimony given by top aides of former Attorney General Josh Hawley. The testimony was part of an audit released after Hawley became U.S. Senator in 2018. The audit found that Hawley, as Attorney General, coordinated with political operatives to run the office in ways that seemed improper. In a complaint filed last week, the Accountancy Board says auditor work paper should remain confidential. The complaint also says that a state auditor had concerns about publishing the transcript, but was told the decision to include it in the public audit report was Galloway's. Galloway, a Democrat, has previously said that she was promoting transparency and examining state and local government for fraud and waste. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Steve Vokrat in Kansas City. The St. Louis County Council finished work on Tuesday on a $918 million budget. The budget includes pay raises for county employees. It puts off on deciding how to spend much of federal relief money until 2022. Passage of the budget comes after a year defined by conflict between a majority of the council and St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. Council Chairwoman Rita Day says it's important to have a strong legislative body checking the executive branch's power. We're not in a position right now where we're going to rubber stamp. I think we are going to be looking very closely at all of the spending. This is an unprecedented amount of money that we're going to be dealing with, and I think we have to be extremely careful uh, with how we distribute those funds uh, because, again, we we don't want to have to pay back the federal government. The council is set to reconvene in early January. 
Every year, nonprofits like MERS Goodwill end up with donated products like old tube TVs that go against their donation policy and are expensive to dispose of properly. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, Washington University researchers recently found that there's also a cost to rejecting these unwanted donations. The research found that when people spend a lot of energy collecting items, packing them up, and hauling them to a donation site only to be turned away, they're less likely to donate again. Mark Carrs, executive vice president of retail operations at MERS Goodwill, says people donate all kinds of things they can't use. People don't know what to do with their stuff a lot of times when they're done with it, you know, and I, I think people have a, an emotional attachment to their stuff. And so the idea of throwing it away sometimes just feels icky. During the pandemic, Goodwill stopped accepting furniture. They also can't take things like building materials, use paint and mattresses. But Cars also doesn't want to discourage people from making donations. He says sifting through the good from the bad is just part of the cost of doing business. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. With the rise of a concerning new coronavirus variant, and just over half of Missouri residents fully vaccinated, some families are trying to decide whether it's safe to gather for the Christmas holiday. St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan spoke with Washington University infectious disease specialist Dr. Stephen Lawrence about ways to reduce the chances of getting COVID. You know, there are a number of tried and true measures that are very effective at reducing risk for people coming together. And first and foremost is vaccine. If everybody's vaccinated, the risk of anybody getting seriously ill is extremely low, especially if if everybody who's eligible has been boosted recently. The other measures that we know work very well is masking. And I would say the, the next most important thing is that if somebody's having symptoms, don't get together. You know, most of the transmission of COVID and other respiratory viruses occurs when people are symptomatic. You mentioned getting vaccinated as one way that we can really cut down the risk. But obviously, there are a lot of people out there who aren't vaccinated. And there are some that aren't even eligible yet, like kids under five. When we're thinking about holiday gatherings, how would you navigate that? In a group that is completely fully vaccinated, um, there is certainly a little more reassurance that the likelihood of anybody becoming um, sick is going to be uh, much lower than a group that's mixed of some who are vaccinated and some who aren't, you know, either because they aren't eligible to be vaccinated yet or, uh, or if they're unvaccinated out of choice. You know, vaccination status is one thing to consider. Um, however, even those who are vaccinated, we do need to at least consider taking additional measures. And some of those measures then are uh, the space that you're going to be gathering in. Is there good ventilation that is achievable in that space? And the number of people who are in that space. You know, it just is a mathematical equation that the more people who are closer together, the increased risk that if one of them happened to have COVID, that it would pose a risk to the others of potentially getting COVID as well. What are your thoughts on at-home COVID test kits? I know these are kind of hard to get a hold of right now, but is it worth trying to track one of these down before you get together? The role where at-home testing might be most valuable is in a setting where, say, you are um, about ready to go leave to go visit um, relatives. And it's the morning of or the night before you're getting ready to leave. And 
One, if you have any symptoms whatsoever, doing an at-home test will have a not perfect, not great, but a reasonable chance of catching COVID if it is indeed COVID that's causing, because there are other things that cause some respiratory symptoms right now. There are other viruses that are circulating. I would say that would be the minimum that I would do uh, before visiting or hosting other people. You know, thinking a little bit about where we're headed, the Omicron variant seems to be more contagious, more likely to cause illness in vaccinated people. Are you worried that we could possibly see another big surge in cases come January? Well, I think historically we would expect to see even higher bumps after holiday get-togethers and um, travel, such that uh, we're all bracing uh, for the impact of you know, what's going to happen in January with the cases, especially if you look at the trajectory that we're on right now. We, as a region, hit our peak of um, and sort of worst case scenario about a year ago in November and December, where the numbers were so high that we were on the brink in many situations in, in several hospitals in the region where uh, there was uh, right up to the edge of what could be handled before there was no longer an ability to really provide effective care to all patients. And I do have some concern that, you know, if this trajectory continues, we really could be in a, in a bad place uh, in January. Our Maria Altman edited that piece. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jason Merzenbaum, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.